So Acts chapter 2, and we're in Pentecost, and Peter is addressing the crowd gathered in Jerusalem. Verse, uh, let's read from verse 17. He says, in the last days, quoting from the prophet Joel, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in these days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did amongst you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold upon him. And then we're going to skip down to verse 29. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. His tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of this fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And may God add his blessing to his word to our hearts. I want to just round off a little mini-series I've been doing uh, in the Spirit through uh, the, the month of August. And we've been using Acts 2 as a kind of a launch pad for this. We've been looking at seeing Jesus in the Spirit. We've been looking at hearing Jesus in the Spirit. Last time, serving Jesus in the Spirit. And today I want us to look at reaching out in the Spirit. It was Archbishop Temple who famously said that the church was the only institution where the membership existed 
for the benefit of its non-members. And this is something that we need to keep reminding ourselves of. Seeing Jesus, hearing Jesus, serving Jesus are all good, and we're all meant to do them as disciples, as followers of Jesus. But we're also called to reach out and to look outwards, and we've been very, very much reminded of that today. If we just think about seeing and hearing and serving, it can be quite internal. It can be quite introverted. It can be quite consumeristic even as we seek to please ourselves. But the Spirit of Jesus is in us to help us to bless others and to reach out to others. A couple of weeks ago, I was meeting with someone, a, a Christian, doesn't, doesn't live around these parts. And as he was praying for me, he said, I'm, I'm seeing a vision of two lakes. Now, I've often preached about, preached about these two lakes before. One is the Sea of Galilee, and one is the Dead Sea. And he says, what's the difference between those two lakes? And I said, well, the difference is that one has life in it, the Sea of Galilee, but the Dead Sea has no life in it. One has life in it because not only does it have an input, but it also has an output. Sea of Galilee receives water, but it also releases water. But the Dead Sea is dead because it is all input and there's no output. There's no flow through. And so it's dead and there's nothing living in it. And in this picture and in this vision, he's saying, don't be the church like the Dead Sea, receiving, 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 but not giving, not going out, not reaching out. And so I think that's a vision for us. We must put into practice what we are learning and what we are receiving. We can become consumed with keeping the sheep that we have happy, and we ignore the sheep that are lost. So may this be a year where we reach out to the lost sheep. Churches that have lost their sense of mission pretty soon turn into monuments and museums. They look pretty, but they're not changing people's lives. We want to be a church according to our vision, which loves, learns, serves, and reaches. As we've looked at this passage, we have noticed that it says that we are in the last days. This is a quotation from the prophet Joel looking into the future, a prophet that was given, a prophecy that was given 400 years before Peter spoke. And Peter says, he, you see today what is being fulfilled in the prophet Joel. In the last days, God will pour out His Spirit. Two or three times in that passage, I wonder, did you notice that the word pour or poured out is used? We have it in verse 17, we have it in verse 18, and we have it also in verse 33, where it speaks about Jesus being exalted to the right hand of God. And he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and he has poured out what you now see and hear. So according to this prophecy of Joel, the Father longs to pour out his Spirit upon us, upon his church. The Word is not dribble. The Word is not sprinkle. The Word is not drizzle or mizzle, but pour out. The, the, the Lord wants to pour out his Spirit upon his church in these last days. Uh, over the, the month of July, and especially when I was on holiday, I was constantly on the BBC weather website. 
vainly trying to find a dry day where we could go various places. And uh, you, you may be familiar with the little sign that was on the BBC website, I think, virtually every day through July. It was a little cloud with a little thunderbolt sign out of it. Do you remember seeing that? I have never seen that sign as much in my life. And it's not only in July, it's also in August. And in fact, friends, you're going to see it next week. That's a word of prophecy. But you knew when you saw that sign, you knew, okay, it, it may be dry sometimes, but it may rain sometimes, but when it rains, it's going to be a thunder plump. And so the rain is not going to drizzle, it's not going to mizzle, the rain is going to really come down, and that was indeed the case in July, and the ground was sodden, and all the drain pipes were overflowing, and the gutters were overflowing because it was a thunder plump. It was, it was so constant coming every, every half an hour, every hour you were getting these thunder plumps. The rain was being poured out. Now, just imagine that there's a spiritual weather map that God sees, a spiritual map. Wouldn't it be great if in the spiritual weather map, over the church of Highkirk, or even indeed over, over the town of Balamina, there was one of those spiritual thunder clouds icons that God is going to pour out His Spirit, that it's not going to be a drizzle or a mizzle or a sprinkly, but He's going to pour out His Spirit. And that's what, in a, in, in a sense, we're doing on these Sunday evenings. We're, pray, we're praying, Lord, pour out your Spirit. Pour out your Spirit that you're prophesying here through the prophet Joel that we saw at Pentecost, but we long for these days again where we see a soaking of the Holy Spirit upon His people. Because when the soaking came, 3,000 people were saved. It wasn't a dribble of one here, one there, but there was this outpouring of God's Spirit at Pentecost. And this outpouring was on men and women. It was on old and young. It was on different social ranks. We see God's generosity, but we see also His universality, that this Spirit was being poured out on all tribes and nations and tongues. That was part of the point of Pentecost, wasn't it? That these people were gathered in a room in Jerusalem. Many of them were Galileans. And yet, suddenly when the Spirit falls, they're speaking in all these different kinds of languages. And people who are from the other countries are, are, are hearing this, and they're saying, what's going on here? We're, we're hearing these Galileans speaking in our language and in our dialects and with our accents. What is happening here? What is this? And Peter says, this is the Holy Spirit. This is the gift of this Holy Spirit. So imagine, you know, someone walked in from uh, France or China or Spain, and they walked into Highkirk, and suddenly we were all prophesying in French and Chinese and Italian. People would say, what is going on here? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. He is enabling them to do that. And He is enabling them to do it because this in itself was a prophetic sign that the gospel of Jesus Christ was for all nations. It was for all the world. It wasn't just for Jerusalem. It wasn't even just for Samaria. It was for the whole world. We have a world gospel. In the banner behind me, Notice that Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer 
for all nations, not just for Ireland, not just for England or Scotland or Wales, not just for France or China, but for the whole world. This is the gospel that we, that we meet today to hear. The point of the Spirit being poured out was to declare that the gift of the Spirit is for the world. Old and young, Jew and Gentile, rich and poor, black and white, the Spirit is poured out to the ultimate end that people would find Jesus Christ as Savior. Jesus came to deal with mankind's greatest problem, our sin and the death that it brings. In verse 40, Peter says, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. To be saved, one has to repent and turn away from the direction that we're going in. And that direction, when we're born, we start a, we start a journey of life. But so often in that journey of life, sin is, is in us so much that we actually go away from God. Instead of veering towards God, the older we get, the more we veer away from God. And so we have to come to this point where we realize that there's sin in our lives. And the one that brings that conviction and that understanding is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is needed to speak into confused and even dead hearts. And as we surrender ourselves to the Spirit, as we surrender ourselves to Jesus, our relationship begins with Him and we begin to walk with Him and talk with Him and relate to Him. We love, learn, serve, and then reach in His name. This is what the church is about. So when the Holy Spirit is poured out in Acts chapter 2, things happened. And so as we pray and as we enter a new season coming up in, in September, I want us to pray, Holy Spirit, will you pour out upon us as a church? Will you pour into my life so that there is a change that is visible? And we will see people pushing into the kingdom of God and people drawn inexorably towards Jesus because the Spirit is so powerfully drawing them that we see lives being changed. So can I again encourage you this evening, if you're free, to join with us as we pray for this to happen, that we consecrate our lives and we say, Lord, we want your Spirit to pour into us and then through us to reach a world that is needy for you. The word that has been coming to me this week has been the word confidence. And just before we finish today, I want to leave three things that we need to be confident in as we ask God to pour out His Holy Spirit. The first thing we need to be confident in is the message that we have, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hear a lot today about people giving up on church, especially young people. That churches are closing, churches are being demolished, churches are being turned into clubs and pubs and cinemas and carpet warehouses. And yet, we also see in survey after survey that many people are saying that they have a spiritual hunger. Now, they, they might not even describe it in those words, I have a spiritual hunger, but they have an ache, they have a longing, they have a gap that they're trying to fill. Uh, Florence uh, Welsh, the British rock singer, talked about this inner gap in an interview in 2018 about her, uh, her album, High as Hope. 
She said at one point in her, in her interview, something outside of me needs to fix the gap that is within me. We think that we can date the solution to that gap. We think we can drink or we can eat or we can take the solution. But this record is a recognition that we can't. When she was asked about her hit song, Hunger, she said, I was thinking about something bigger than romantic love. This song kind of came from that idea that what I was looking for is outside of me. So she recognizes that there is something outside of her that fills this gap within her. God is outside of us. Real love and truth is outside of us. Real meaning is outside of us. And it is the role and it is the task of the Holy Spirit to point people to see that this solution is outside of themselves. So many people are looking for the solution to life within them. But they're so messed up inside that they get absolutely nowhere. Sometimes people think, well, all I have to do is to reach the top of my career and I will be satisfied. But so many people climb that ladder. They put all the effort into climbing the ladder and they discover when they get to the top, there's nothing there. And God says, I am here. You need me. You need my love. You need my, my spirit. You need my grace. You need my forgiveness. We have a world that is searching for meaning, trying to make sense of the pain, the hurt, and the greed, and the wars, and the ache that is deep down each one of, in each one of us. The world offers its solutions. Buy this, eat this, drink this, wear this, play this, drive this, but it will not satisfy. We cannot earn our salvation. We cannot find it within ourselves. We cannot find it in the world. We need to look to God. He is the one who can save us through his son, Jesus Christ. Tim Keller says this, the gospel is very simple. It is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. More sinful than we realized, but more loved than we ever dared hope. And the role of the Holy Spirit is to take that message and to bring it into people's hearts. We can have confidence in the gospel. This world is looking for good news, and we have the good news. We have the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be confident in the gospel. Secondly, be confident in inviting people to hear this gospel. Over this year, we want to focus on inviting people, inviting them to hear the gospel. Now, you or anybody sitting in the pew may feel, well, I'm not really good at explaining the gospel well to people, but you don't necessarily have to do that. What we're asking you to do is to invite people to church. We're inviting people to Alpha. We're inviting people to whatever so that they hear the gospel being explained. So today, as the Holy Spirit, as we pray to the Holy Spirit, we pray that we will have a boldness and a confidence to invite people. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 29, as the disciples were gathering, they prayed this prayer, Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with boldness. 
So I pray that we will have confidence this year to invite someone, even one person, to church. Beginning of September, we're beginning our new series for the autumn. It's going to be going through the Gospel of John. In John, it tells us uh, why he wrote the Gospel. He, he, He says this, Jesus performed many signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So can I encourage you to think of someone you could invite to church on a Sunday morning as we explore the Gospel of John, these words of life. And of course, the worst thing that they can say is, no, thank you. That's, that's the worst that can happen, to say, no, thank you. But ask, pray, think of someone that you could invite on a Sunday morning, or what about on a Wednesday evening to Cafe Explore? Cafe Explore is almost, not quite, but it's almost outgrowing its premises in the Oasis. And people are coming to faith, people from unchurched and de-churched backgrounds. We're having a special evening on September the 27th where Cafe Explore will be here in the sanctuary. Good opportunity to invite someone to that Wednesday evening. Come, come and hear some good news. We're planning a women's event in November, which will have an evangelistic element to it. So ladies, be thinking of someone that you could invite on a Friday evening in November to hear some good news. In the Holy Spirit, we can have confidence to invite. Confidence in the message, confidence in inviting someone, and thirdly and finally, have confidence in the Holy Spirit because He's the one who changes lives, not us. The pressure is off in a sense because it's the Holy Spirit who does the work. He is the one who changes lives. And that's why he calls us to pray because the work is of him. And we simply pray and believe that he will work and he will act and he will change. We want to give away what we have. We want to be not like the Dead Sea, but like the Sea of Galilee, full of life, inflow and outflow, inflow and outflow. Today is the day for inflow. This week are the days for outflow as we're thinking of who we can share, who we can invite, who we can pray for. So have a new confidence, a confidence in the message, a confidence in inviting, and a confidence in the Holy Spirit so that that thunder plump of the Holy Spirit is upon us. And people are saying to each other, the presence of God, the cloud is upon that place. Only God could have done this. Only God could have changed lives. The Holy Spirit is at work. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Yes, we're called to see Jesus in the Spirit and hear from Jesus in the Spirit, to serve him. But ultimately, we are called as the church of Jesus Christ to reach out, to share the gospel, the good news, with confidence. The local church is the hope of the world. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, come and give us a new boldness, a new anointing, so that we don't care what other people think. We're not embarrassed or ashamed because we believe we have the good news 
of Jesus Christ for a lost world. And so we pray for that renewed confidence to flow through us as your people. Break down the walls, break down the obstacles, break down the barriers. For we are in the last days. And Jesus is coming back. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.